The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. Welcome back to Nature of Business. I am your host, Chrissy Coughlin, and we are happy that you have joined us on this sunny, beautiful Wednesday morning, at least in the Northeast. I can't speak for all the listeners all over the country, but it is certainly a gorgeous, gorgeous day here. And we have with us today Susan Hunt Stevens. She is the founder and CEO of Practically Green, which is an online site that helps everybody with our day-to-day decisions about being green. And it is extremely fun. And I love the site. And I'm excited to have you back, Susan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's wonderful to be back, Chrissy. What is the latest and greatest at Practically Green? Well, I think it's been an exciting year for anybody who's been working in the sustainability industry, but particularly people who are focused on trying to get people uh, to change their habits and behaviors because Mm -hmm. we really are in a sea change. And I think um, two things are happening. One is people are really sitting up and saying, you know what, there are steps that I can take to live more sustainably, but when I do that, I do need some help. It can be really confusing and complex, and I'm looking for a a way to make better decisions, to figure out what to do, what impact it's going to have, what products and services are truly green that I can purchase. And this isn't a movement anymore of 10% of consumers. Um, The data is showing that literally 60, 65%, 70%, depending on the survey, of people are actively changing their behavior to embrace something more sustainable, whether that's reducing chemicals and toxins in their food and their personal care products or saving energy or changing their transportation habits. But it really is a sea change, and Mm -hmm. that is exciting. And this really came out of my own experience of just being a person who was trying to change our life and realized that um, I was spending an extraordinary amount of time doing research on all those content sites, many of them incredibly wonderful. And believe me, I used to run a big content site. Um, But what I found is that there just wasn't a framework for me to understand what my choices were once I'd made a choice, what choice made the most sense for me next, how impactful it was in a way that, you know, was understandable. And um, having been... um, using programs like Weight Watchers and other things in the past, I really know that even a nutrition label can be really complex. And mm-hmm. so Weight Watchers created points. And that's when I we came up with our point system. It was kind of this model of saying, how do we boil down all the complexity around greenhouse gas emissions and life cycle assessments and all of this into something that, that people can understand and really creating a point system to translate impact for people But keeping categories, um, Mm -hmm. the other inspiration was really the LEAD system for me. I took a class on how the LEAD system was designed as part of the graduate program in sustainable design and realized that the regulations for green building had been on the books for years, and it was really creating a framework, a point system, and then most importantly, the recognition, the public recognition for doing well Mm -hmm. that really motivated builders and designers to start talking about LEED and using LEED and building LEED certified homes. And there's lots of people that can criticize LEED, but what I can tell you is it made sense out of kind of the chaos of the choices. And Mm -hmm. I just kept looking at it saying, gosh, what if there was something like that for people, uh, a lead for daily life that helped us make sense out of the choices? And at the same time, recognized, um, we use the phrase, choose your own adventure. Mm. And it is a journey and it does require a roadmap, but everybody's roadmap can't be the same for a whole host of reasons. Some 
um, actions do require an investment that families may not have at um, their disposal at that point in time. But I think some people give up if they can't do solar or buy a Prius. Um, And there are so many other ways to make a similar level impact or add up a lot of actions that make up an impact that you don't need a lot of money to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need information. And so, and I think the other thing is a lot of times people think um, living and making sustainable choices is just about energy or just about water. And I know what motivated me first was environmental health and mm-hmm. realizing that what was in our food and what was in our products and what was in our air and our mattresses I just had no clue. (laughs) And learning this, I was like, okay, if everybody I know knew this, there would be a revolution, better choices. (laughs) Right. So I do think that everybody has their own um, gateway or on ramp into sustainability. Yes. Um, What I hadn't realized when we got started a couple years ago with Practically Green is how many people now in organizations have either responsibilities or enormous passion for getting the people in their company to make more sustainable choices. Mm -hmm. And then it's another social group of people. Um, And in some ways, those are choices that help the company itself on costs and waste and energy and things like that. But a lot of it is recognizing that People are interested in this. Um, The workplace is a great place to talk about sustainability. Sustainability is an amazing business strategy on a whole host of fronts. But that if you don't make sustainability personal, it can feel really out there for for folks. And so, you know, whether it's a formal sustainability director or VP of sustainability or someone who's been charged with greening the organization – um, thinking about how to engage and motivate and inspire employees or customers and other stakeholders is becoming a big part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thrilled that people see that the Practically Green tools can be extremely useful in a corporate environment. And so that's been the part of the business, as you know, from speaking a few um, weeks ago that has really taken off for us. And, was, and we're excited about that. I was so excited to hear that because it really is. I mean, people are, are overwhelmed with their day-to-day at, at the office and, and they they just need the structure. I want to talk more about the employees here, and I want to talk about specifically what you're what you're doing with these companies that's that's helping them both inside the confines of their offices and then when they get home. Yeah. So this first started um, when we partnered last year with NBC Universal, uh, and they licensed some of our content and tools to use for a Facebook application called Make Green Count. And that's when we first got the inkling that what we were doing was going to be very useful to people who who were interested in motivating and inspiring their stakeholders to make changes. In the case of NBC Universal, they have an amazing program called Green is Universal, mm-hmm. and they really use um, for their Green Week the power of their brands uh, to promote sustainable actions uh, for their viewers, website visitors, et cetera. And so we partnered with them on that. And because of that, we started getting calls from companies and from sustainability directors who said, I'd love to do something like that with our employees. But we really weren't set up at that point in time to – have a program that really worked in the workplace. We didn't have work-related actions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we need to be able to be on somebody's intranet um, and hook in if they're interested into their single sign-on systems. And then we also really felt it was important if we were going to work with organizations, just like we did with Universal, that we could give them the ability 
to configure the program to support their sustainability initiatives. And mm-hmm. so if they're really focused on transportation, um, you know, let them create a green commuter badge and the actions that are really associated with that. The other thing is we knew we had the impact data around each action in the database, but we had to have a good way of bringing that forward and tracking it. And so we really worked for about um, four months to really get the system configured to support organizations and started a pilot program um, this spring, early summer with some amazing companies, um, Eileen Fisher and on the one end to the Seattle Mariners uh, Mm -hmm. baseball team who are rolling this out and using it with their employees. Um, But in the case, what I'm really excited about in in, um, some of these industries like sports and things like that, they see the power of their brand. Mm. Um, And some of the companies we're working with have very powerful brands to motivate and inspire their customers' behavior as well or their fans' behavior as well. And that's when this just becomes really interesting. Um, I think it's great that we're doing it for employee sustainability, but if we can be part of the conversation where the employees of a company and the customers of the company are working together to be able to compare and share their actions, see what they're doing, motivate and inspire each other, um, mm-hmm. that's just a really powerful combination, especially mm-hmm. for sustainable brands. Right. And then not to mention the bottom line impact you know, of, of all of this. You know, that's the thing that just um, I love about working in sustainability with companies is that um, there are three reasons that in motivating and inspiring their employees to make these changes personally matter. And the pioneer in all of this um, was really Walmart with their personal sustainability initiatives um, several years ago. And what I've um, heard them say is that it really became apparent when they talked to their employees that unless sustainability became personal, it was going to be very hard for employees to connect um, the dots around their corporate sustainability strategy. And for most companies, their uh, corporate sustainability strategy has an enormous return on investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be across the board. It can be around being having more competitive products and services, reducing the cost in their supply chain, um, hitting carbon goals and commitments. And in some cases um, where it's global operations, there's costs associated with that and benefits associated with that with renewable energy credits, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so this is really, um, first and foremost, there is a return on investment for sustainability in a corporation. And getting employees engaged and involved is critical for that. But it also, um, in about 25% of our actions are around environmental health. And we've had many people that we're working with say they are very um, focused because they're self-insured on the cost that environmental health problems are having in their workforce, particularly children, mm-hmm. which private insurers um, and companies, therefore, bear many of the costs of environmental health problems in children because they're on the insurance rolls. And so getting rid of pesticides and toxic cleaning chemicals and um, reducing dust mites and all these things can really help with asthma, environmental allergies, and things that do raise the cost of health care for children and employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the third that you hear, uh, which is, um, is exciting from a generational shift standpoint, <laughs> is that the millennial generation is asking as their number two or number three question, the heads of HR, what is this company doing around sustainability and what are they doing to support the efforts of employees to be greener? 
And that was a question that was not being asked. I'm I'm Gen X. Um, Our generation wasn't asking that when we were first coming out of college. That wasn't on the radar of questions to be asking. And this generation is different and incredibly motivated, especially in knowledge-seeking industries, biotech, pharma, technology, et cetera, um, by sustainability and is looking for the values that the company has to reinforce their own values around this. And so they see it as a... um, a competitive advantage for hiring and for employee retention. Right. So you get the best and the brightest and yeah, and really they feel do. empowered. They feel empowered now yeah. before. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because when you go into to the office and you see the, the products and you say, Oh my gosh, I would never use those products at home. You, know, you just, you, <laughs> exactly. you, you just say, Oh, well, that's just the way it is. But now these companies are getting in and they're saying, uh, uh-uh, uh, no more. We're actually going to yeah. do, you know, we're going to do this the, the same way you do it at home. And the employees are actually because they have knowledge. Knowledge is power. They're coming in. It and, really is. And, saying, and you see yeah. that employees. Um, so uh, we were on the phone with a very large technology company um, earlier this week, and they have data that shows that employee uh, buildings that have greener employees have lower overall operating costs. Hmm. So um, the buildings with the most sustainability champions are more cost-effective buildings, which mm-hmm. I thought was fascinating. Oh, I love um, it. Yeah, isn't that great? And then, but what's interesting to me also is because we really leverage two things. The first is we want to make it fun, and we want you to be able to measure your progress, and we want you to be able to track what you're doing and compete and collaborate, et cetera. And so we use gamification to yeah. really make that happen. But we know that the power for discovering your next steps. Yes, our system makes personalized recommendations of things you can do, but you're connecting also with your colleagues and your friends to see what they're doing, and that is extraordinarily powerful. And work groups can be major influencers for behavior, just like friend social groups and neighbor social groups can be. And in some cases, it's your most influential group if you happen to be living in a community where green is just getting started or you have a group of friends where you're the early adopter. I think all of us here have been there on that. And so the, you know, we've all been in a situation why do you do that? And why do you do that? And in, and in a workplace setting, you can look to somebody who's greener than you and start to say, okay, you put in micro code generation. Tell me more about that. Exactly. Well, that's sort of how Weight Watchers got started, right? It's the, it's everybody just kind of collaborating with each other and comparing notes. Is that yes, the point exactly. system? Exactly. Yeah. And, and that social accountability and that social interest yeah, and that social huge. support. It's huge. I really would love to talk to you about the uh, the Green Sports Alliance. And then South by Southwest, they finally have an eco-conference. I'm excited. I know. I'm really excited that <sighs> South by Southwest is turning their attention to sustainability. Yay. I think that says an enormous amount. Um, but one of the events I was just thrilled to participate in as a speaker a couple weeks ago was the very first conference for professional sports teams focused on sustainability. And it was pulled together by a new organization called the Green Sports Alliance that is using the power of sports to do two things. One is how do um, sports teams green their facilities and their operations and their buildings. And when you really think about sports stadiums and things like that, there are huge Mm -hmm. opportunities to make big strides. But the second is how to use the power of professional sports to motivate and change employees, um, athletes, and fans. And so I was speaking on a panel about fan and community engagement and sustainability. And the work that we've been doing with the Mariners was an example of um, some of the opportunities that exist for sports teams to really promote sustainable 
actions, not just at the game itself, um, Mm -hmm. where there are great opportunities and increasingly more opportunities for people to compost or recycle or purchase things from recycled materials or better food. I mean, just think about the food opportunities in a stadium, for example. You know, um, but but also to encourage fans to change their behavior um, when they leave the game and are at home and come to a game and, and things like that. And so it's really exciting work. And we were just thrilled to, to be able to be part of it. No, it's, I think it's huge. And I think that it's, um, you know, George, my producer here, he, um, he's he's he and I went to a Red Sox game. We've mentioned it a couple of times in the air and we were both like, wow, on the screen, they had this this big announcement about these people people going around with green shirts and they go around with uh, big plastic bags and pick up your plastic cups and, and, and what have you. So they're basically a recycling team. And it was before the game. I, I think that's when it came on, right, George? It was before. Uh, it was in between innings, actually. It was in between yeah. innings. Okay. But it was really cool because it was during the game. And so it brought awareness and it was just, it was, uh, I had never seen that before. Um, I, I don't go to a lot of games, but I hadn't seen that before. But what, what, what is exciting about this alliance is that there's 95 Five teams, is that right? That, that yeah, so far I think 95 teams have signed on. The Red Sox are one of the um, mm-hmm. early teams to sign on to the Alliance. Um, the founding teams are um, the Portland Trailblazers, Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. um, and some others. And it really is um, impressive what it is that those teams are doing. And, you know, it's interesting to hear some of the stories about who, which teams have started to do things and why. And um, there was a great story that the uh, senior scientist from the NRDC uh, talked about with the Philadelphia Eagles. And when the new owners came on, um, they had a meeting with the NRDC to ask what they could do. Mm. And he looked at them and he said, do you realize the paper that you're um, buying and putting in the stadium is coming from the forests that are destroying eagle habitat in the process of getting the paper? And they just said, I guess after that meeting, they immediately made a change to recycled paper products. Philadelphia um, one Eagles. One of the most impactful yeah. things they could do, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. It was destroying, the paper they were using was destroying eagles. That's, you know? Yeah, that's not, no, that's not good. That's not good for no. PR. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, you know, it's a, so it's that kind of, and the magnitude and the volume of things that yeah. um, you can do. And it was, it was great. There were a lot of architects there that are talking mm. about how when they're building sports stadiums, they're starting to think much more about transportation integration and um, and what they can do. So it's really exciting what you can do on the um, facility side, mm-hmm. but I think the real power of sports is after friends and family, athletes um, are, are big influencers on Absolutely. people and sports teams are big influencers. And so it's great to see um, the teams in our own backyard start to embrace sustainability. And obviously, um, there's some teams that have trailblazed in this area that they, they I know I was motivated and inspired by what they're doing. And we're mm-hmm. just thrilled to be working with them and that they find our tools so helpful. Right, exactly. Um, to help them achieve their goals. Exactly. And it's just going to grow. I mean, the 95 is going to, in a couple of years, will be 200. And, then, you know, people will just, you know, jump on the bandwagon. I have a feeling. Yeah. But you can be in. Yeah. And it's global. It's global. Right, exactly. It's not just the U.S. sports team. Right. And you can go to Seattle. You can go to a Mariners game, you told me, and you can get a, uh, a bag of compost that the Mariners. Yeah. Have. So we're working the Mariners and um, uh, over certain times. So they're composting a lot of their garbage, which, you know, the, the return on investment that Scott Jenkins, the head of facilities, went through just for some of their actions was really impressive. But then what was really fun is they turned the compost into, um, so, so I think it's called 
Safeco field turf or something like that, oh, and great. they give it away in bags to um, fans on certain occasions. That's um, cool. They have a character called Captain Plastic that is encouraging um, everyone to um, think about their plastic use and 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 disposal and to provide um, motivation for recycling That's and things. Very and so cool. when we partnered with them, we created a Captain Plastic badge that oh, people can earn, which I'd is love really that. And that's on the website. Yeah. yeah. So for there. So for when we work yeah. with corporations, um, m- most of the time, the those companies, it's sort of in their world. Okay. You know, it's on their internet or it's in their fan pages or things like that. Okay. Um, you wouldn't find it on practicallygreen.com practically at all. And we're really committed um, to helping people change. Yeah. At the yeah. core of the company, in the core of our mission is to help people make more sustainable choices. Yeah. And if we're you know, helping a a sustainability director help their people, that's great and a huge part of an exciting part of our business. But at the end of the day, we have to make sure that those, the, that end person is, is um, really, uh, this program's having an impact. It really is working for Mm -hmm. them and that they love being part of it. They're engaged and they're, and they're finding better products, better services and new ideas. Exactly. Now, what about the South by Southwest? uh, Talk to us. This is October 1st. It's coming up really soon. It's the first week of October. Yes. And we, um, so we are, I'm going to be speaking about the really exciting world that's emerging between interactive technology and sustainability to help consumers uh, make changes in the case of what Practice Green does, but also makes the process of some of those actions much easier. So like Gazelle Technology, another company here in Boston, is making the process of dealing with your e-waste um, and creating a secondary market for devices that, for whatever reason, you don't want or need anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're behind the scenes powering all the collection programs for things like used iPods, et cetera, in retailers. Or you can go on the site and find a new home for your your electronics that you don't want, or they'll just take them back. If, mm-hmm. and, you, know, you can just mail them to them, and they will make sure they're responsibly disposed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Good Guide, which is doing amazing things with rating products to help help people make better decisions uh, about products based on the ingredients in them. And particularly in categories where there's no disclosure requirements like cleaning products. Right. You know, if you didn't have the good guide, you would not know necessarily which products were safe and which weren't. Right. And there's a lot of greenwashing out there. So, yep. um, you know, it's, it's, it's these types of companies that have emerged in the last five years that are really helping people make these decisions. And it's showcasing what technology can do to drive behavior change. Oh, my gosh. I really want to go. I wish they had co- I think it's going to be an amazing. <laughs> conference. And, and, you know, South by Southwest doesn't do anything, um, you know, halfway. No, Um, If the interactive and music and film festivals are any indication, you know, these are going to become convening places where um, the the interesting, the unique, the influential, the impactful is showcased in really fun, interesting, and exciting ways. And we're just thrilled to be part of it. And that it start, you know, this is just the first year and it's just going to grow and grow. I started going to the music festival years ago and, and it was small, bigger, bigger. And now it's just absolutely exploded to a point yeah, where I felt that way about the interactive festival. And oh, yeah. I think the, yeah. And I think the other thing about, um, the this being the first year is the fact that they've chosen they've I've always been impressed um, if you go, went on to southbysouthwest.com and looked at their sustainability mission they've always been really focused on having a sustainable event mm-hmm. um, and so this is really clearly part of their DNA mm-hmm. and but the fact that they've now chosen to take their event convening capabilities and put it against this topic I think just says a lot about sustainability in mainstream America Definitely. and that 
when the sports organizations in South by Southwest and, um, you know, all the cities and towns and et cetera are really get involved to support this, we know that um, it's not just a fringy thing that 10% are doing. That's right. People really care passionately. It's just, it's not easy. And so people need help and help comes in many different ways than we think especially for people who embrace and love interactive technology, having tools that help people make these decisions is just going to be a part of the the really powerful world of sustainability that is emerging. Well, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of your work. Um, oh, thank you. We need, we need all our fans. We need the fans, you know, it, yeah. It does take a village to, yeah. to get a small company up and running. Oh, it um, does. It's a large emerging market, as I'll, you well know. I'll tell you, I know very well, and I think what you're doing is great, and I think that, you know, there are inherent challenges to starting up businesses and starting, you know, being the, the one that's actually driving the, driving the change and helping people drive the change. But I think what you're doing is 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 completely wonderful, and uh, I can't wait to hear more about the the South by Southwest. So we're gonna have to jabber about that after you get back because that'll be wonderful. I'm sure you'll have some stuff on your site about that. But if you want to find more about Practically Green and take, I do really encourage you to take their quiz. It's practicallygreen.com and it's a really quick quiz and you just can find out what you know, what you don't know and there's no judging. It's just giving you ideas and it's a wonderful site to just uh, explore. So Susan, thank you so much for, for taking the time with us today. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's great to be back in touch and hopefully we'll talk in October. The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. 